Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right. To catch you up, Mackie Arnett came, took Cal, and Hayden crashed on the planet. He's also been having some flashback sequences of visiting his uh, parents in L.A. Uh, when, you know, they were on Earth. Uh, getting the the dervish in the first place so uh that's that's that what that, that's a flashback too uh anyways yeah thanks for listening and and i'll just keep going hayden climbed a rocky ridge the endless expanse of brown dirt and sandstone was getting to him every time he climbed a hill or traversed some dunes he reached the end of a canyon he'd only find more dusty terrain hayden climbed a rocky ridge the endless expanse of brown dirt and sandstone was getting to him Every time he'd climb a hill, traverse some dunes, and reach the end of a canyon, he'd only find more dusty terrain. The smoke plume didn't seem to be getting any closer. He was parched from the lack of water. He hoped to find something soon or he'd die of dehydration. Not that he would have had any better chance of surviving if he stayed at the crash site. They had limited supply of water there too, and the only one who would be any good at survival in this environment had two broken legs. They didn't have many options. If he died in the desert, at least Paul would view it as good news. Hayden's father let him into the apartment, much to Paul's dismay. They embraced, and he shook hands with Josh. But when Hayden offered an outstretched hand to Paul, there was a moment of awkwardness. It looked as if there would be no handshaking with his brother who stayed on Earth today. His dad grabbed Hayden and dragged him down a short hall into the kitchen, which was the same room that converted to everything that they needed. The current configuration was a table with chairs, a counter, and an atomic printer. It was the same modular apartment where he grew up. Even the configurations had not changed. The kitchen had a setting with a brown pine table, seating for eight, and a few paintings of ancient boats at sea. The living room setting was a sectional couch, 
with a few end tables and an entertainment system. The bedroom setting created a master bedroom with a privacy screen dividing the bunk beds from his father's king size. Each time the room would change, the decorations would change to landscapes at night and nautical themes during the day. Dad hadn't ever reprogrammed settings as far as Hayden knew. His dad programmed another bowl of chicken dumpling stew and placed it in front of Hayden. Even though they could create anything, his father always made them eat the same old thing as everyone else at meals. The old man felt meals were important for family bonding, so the four boys knew that if they wanted to have some free time of their own, they wouldn't miss a meal, and skipping family time was a grave offense. They toasted their fallen brother with a wine Josh had brought back from a planet with an entire continent that boasted the climate of the old Napa Valley. Hayden thought it wasn't anything special, but then again, he didn't like wine all that much. He wondered, while they ate, if they had toasted him when they thought he was dead. Hayden gained some small pleasure that Paul probably seethed each time they did it. After the meal, Josh came right out and said it. Aren't you supposed to be dead? No, no, father said. Hayden just got back. I'm sure he'll tell us the story sometime. Hayden shrugged and played it cool. Ah, there's nothing much to tell. I got separated from my unit. They sent out a search party, but it was in the wrong area. They thought I was dead. His father was interested now. He leaned forward. I heard Negromoto was one of the harshest planets. How'd you survive? I, I met a native. Shah Sitin, Hayden said. He showed me all the ropes. Did you know they have a tree that has a trunk made of Dekrand? It's a useful tip when the beasts on that planet are chasing you. A Dekrand? How is that even possible? Josh said. <laughs> Dekrand's in the soil there. <laughs> the tree must be... The tree must use it as nutrient or something. Shashi Tin was a shaman, Hayden continued, to tell the story about his encounter with the Krikshek beast, and modified it with a survivalist twist. He saw Paul wince at Shah's name. The Negromodian was undoubtedly on the report of what happened in the village. His brother retreated himself while the rest of the family ate up Hayden's survival stories. His tales were a mixture of his actual time on Negromoto and a couple of ones Cal told him about. Since the best lies always had a bit of truth, he told them the story of his return to the wilderness. Later that night, their father went to bed, and they were in the partrician where the bunk beds used to be. Instead, there was a small couch and an entertainment system. Hayden found it interesting that the first change to the apartment since Hayden could remember was another living room space. Family movie night must have meant a lot to Paul, too. It was a shame his brother wanted nothing to do with them, or at least they could have connected or something. Hayden looked around at what used to be their bedroom and said, I like what you've done with the base. Paul was curt and abrasive. Not like any of us were sleeping here anymore, and I need a place where I could be here to watch him at night without disturbing him. Whoa, Hayden said and raised his hands. Paul, what, what, what's with the attitude? Josh laughed and said, You broke out of prison, of course he's on edge. <laughs> Hayden got nervous for a second and realized Josh never took anything seriously. He said, It got out for good behavior. For a massacre? Paul said, Doubt that. What about the decompression incident? The one where you died? That was a mess, and there were a couple of us trapped for weeks in the processing plant. They didn't find us until operations started again. 
Why didn't you contact us? Maybe someone was deleting my emails. Whoa, Josh stepped in between them. Paul, cut him some slack. I bet Sarge finally confessed. Something like that, Hayden said. Look, I may be, but uh, look, I, I, I may not be perfect, but I do have morals. Paul scoffed. How many times in history have people used, I was just following orders. Hayden couldn't take it anymore and pushed past Josh and jumped to the other brother. Hayden had been a pirate for too long, and his hand went straight for the neck. Paul gagged as Hayden squeezed. Josh broke them apart seconds later and scolded Paul. Stop antagonizing him. You weren't there. Sometimes we all do things we regret. He killed an entire village, Josh, Paul said. If Sarge had a gun to my head, I'd do the same thing too. We don't like to think we're all high and mighty, but it's different when you have a plasma rifle in your face. I don't like what happened on Negromoto any more than you did, Hayden said. There's no use in telling them the truth. The cover-up had been thorough, and it wasn't really Paul's fault. It was lies the government had disseminated. Paul was a victim of his society as much as Hayden was. Once they got a hold of the prototype, no one in his family would believe him. It was worth the sacrifice to Hayden over the untold horrors the IF would unleash with a ship like that. If he had to be a villain in the history books to make the galaxy a little safer, he'd be one every time. See, Josh said, but don't think it gets you off the hook. You know Paul has a heart condition. Paul's face crinkled. Fuck both of you, you know what? If it was good behavior, maybe you won't mind telling the local police about your visit. Are you supposed to register at a parole officer or something? Wait, Hayden said and followed Paul to the door. Paul didn't say a word and walked out on them. Josh grabbed Hayden by the shoulder and said, Give us some time to cool down. Come have a beer with me. Hayden's hand was in his coat pocket, holding his dad's gun. He had nicked it while they were putting him to bed. He slid the gun back without Josh being any wiser. He turned to Josh and smiled. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, more Touristic you, uh soon. So, yeah, check back. Thank you so much for listening.